The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 273. Saturday, October 31st, 2015. Welcome to the Paunch Stevenson Show. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 273. I am Rob, you are Greg. What's up? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. No? I can't. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was so dumb. I know, hated the, it. The beer commercial, is that what mm. it was? Yeah, Budweiser. Then the frogs would do it. Ah, oh yeah, the frog. Ah, that was so dumb. What, the, what did the frogs say in the, in the bud? Bud. Bud. Why? Why? Zer. Stupid. Do you remember, was this Budweiser, but when we were in middle school, it was the early 1990s. Yeah. I think it was a Budweiser or would it, but. I do remember that, yes. They had the, the, the right, there was a series of commercials and the guy, it was this nerdy guy, but he would pretend to be other people, and then people would call him out on it, like, are you really a doctor? <laughs> yes, I am. Remember that. That was the catchphrase. Yes, I am. He would look in the camera and say, yes, I am, because the beer made him more confident. Oh, my God. Supposedly. So, like, the Holiday Inn Express commercials ripped that off? I guess, yeah. Uh, you don't remember this? This was these I commercials were huge in the early nineties. No. Alright, I'm looking this up. <laughs> yes I am guy. Ugh. Bud Light, yes I am guy. Let me see. Yes I am yes. What are you sending me? Uh, kinda, yeah, you know what? I kind of do remember this. Yeah. <laughs> he kept pretending. All right, so he kept pretending, you know, who he was to, like, get free stuff. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Do you remember? I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I shouldn't even ask. Do you remember? You obviously remember. Now, that guy, that guy wound up, uh, he was in the Ocean's Eleven movies with uh, George Clooney. The yes, I am guy. Yes, yes, uh, he was. Okay. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, let's see. Remember who the hell he was here? Uh, Ruben Livingston Dell, Eddie Jemison. Ah, wow. Eddie Jemison. Oh yeah, you're right. That is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. It says yeah, he's he's starting a series of Bud Light commercials. The tagline, yes, tagline, yes, I am. Yep. Now you He's do... also recently starred in the web series Self Storage. I don't care, but you you do remember uh, this. Wait one. a minute! Wait a minute! So it says he was offered a contract to continue playing the wildly popular character. Eddie instead chose to pursue music, oh. which prompted the creation of the now famous Budweiser Frogs. Uh, 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 what a dope! 
just like the 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 guy uh, Steve from Blues Clues. What'd he do? Well, he was on a, a very famous, popular hit children's show, Blues Clues. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I, you know m- m- millions of children watched it. And it was very popular. And then he's like, eh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to quit and be in a band. Ah. And it went nowhere. Ah, well. But anyway. Uh, now, you do remember. You do remember the series of commercials which started out as real American heroes. And then after 9-11, they felt like they had to change it to real men of genius. Really? I thought it was always real men of genius. No, the first few started out as real American Real men of genius! Exactly. You remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Very, very popular. Very good commercials. Anyway, so uh, here we are. Ten years... Ah, yes. The Paunch Stevenson crapo show. Yes. What the hell's wrong with us? I don't know. Ten years. Why? Two t- I don't know. I, I, actually, I don't know, to be honest. We still don't know. We just have nothing better to do. Yeah, I guess that's it. Now, look. Ten years, right? The Paunch Stevenson show. PaunchStevenson.com. Ten year anniversary. With me, Rob, and you, Greg. Yeah. And when I think about <laughs> how little we've accomplished. <laughs> no, when I. No, no, no. Um, I mean, look, even. You know, it's it's been fun, it's been cool, and even up until a few episodes ago, we were talking. Because of this podcast, we met and talked to. Yeah, and had in-depth conversations with people like Michael Bell, and you know, Doug Stone, and John Mashita, and Ed Begley, Ed Begley, Ted, Ted Danson, Danson, all these people, all these people. It's crazy. And then all all of the you know non-super famous people, you know, Cassine Gaines. Oh yeah, Cassine and, Gaines, and Esteban, and Esteban, the Spaceman, and Scott Clements. And, <laughs> and, uh, Everybody, all the you know, everybody, John Old, right? All those people. I mean, even people like you know, at Chiller Theater, who who talked, who had conversations with us, like you know, Michael Gross and Don Wilson and and Michael Dudikoff, and it's, I don't know, it's 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 been pretty cool, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I probably would have done it without this show, but you know, met the Dush. Yeah, oh yeah, right, the whole Africa thing. The douche! That's right. That's right. So, yeah. you know, you go back ten years. I mean, look, it's cost us how much, you know, how many thousands of dollars over the years. But yeah. still, it was fun and it's cool. And uh, we have all these stories that we recorded and told. And So, um, yeah, I mean, ten years ago, we played our, our first... You know, the episode zero, obviously, we, we put that up there, that disaster. <laughs> Nintendogs. Nintendogs. And, um, and I gotta find it. It's somewhere in the archive. I'll put a link to our first ever recorded appearance, which was not on this show. It was actually on the Overnightscape or 
Was one it? Of the... Yeah, we went we, on. We, we, we were talking. I know, but we were talking about popcorn. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, we we had been talking about doing the doing a podcast, and I, I don't know how again how the idea came up exactly. And you were like, because you, you knew Frank Nora from the Fuzzy Doppner band. Right. And um, that his sister-in-law was in with you. Right. And so, I don't, I don't know how the, the the talk got around to it, but you were just, at some point, I guess you must have been like, hey, you know, you know we talk all the time, but, uh, because, what, what you know, just to round it up, I think back in, in those years, like 2003, three, four, I think you were in Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah, it was. And, yeah. And so, I was still in New Jersey, so... You know, every here and there, we'd talk to each other on the phone or whatever. And we would, like, recount these ridiculous stories from the past and talk about stuff. And and I think eventually we were just like, you know, we're we're pretty funny together. Maybe we should just do this (laughs) as some kind of a show. And then, you know, we knew Frank was doing the podcast. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we should try this. This this might work. (laughs) And now, ten years later... So anyway, We're still we, babbling. Uh, true. So we went out to Frank's show. We went to his apartment. And yeah, right. And um, New Jersey. Yeah, and and so he had us on there. Now Frank, the overnightscape is not really geared to guess. <laughs> I I mean he's had a lot of get. Well, I right. It's it's it mainly it's his monologue. So it, it's the like stream he, of conscious. Yeah. So he just he just jumps from one thing to the other. So it's kind of hard to be a guest. On a show like that, and because you don't know when to like jump in, and I'll put the link. I mean, it's it's awful. I mean, not he's fine, but we are absolutely awful. I think I said like three lines, and you you tried to make these jokes, and they were they were terrible. And, <laughs> like, oh god, I know because we we didn't have the on air practice. You know, we we weren't uh-huh. as we weren't as. Uh, as well oiled and and, uh, and 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 rehearsed, not rehearsed, but just right. It was I yeah. Mean, it, was, it felt weird. It was something new, and and we just I don't know. It just felt weird. I guess. Yeah. So I should uh, say I should we we weren't as loose as we were now. No. Well, and, and again, wow. it wasn't it wasn't our show. So I was like, well, I, you know, he's. He's jumping from one subject to the other, and I'm like, I don't want to step on his feet here. Yeah. We also hadn't fully formed our Paunch Stevenson personalities yet. No, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, you know, like, the, like on air. The on air. Uh, it's, you know what it is? What I'm trying to say is recording. No, if you go all the way back to that episode zero and listen to it. Obviously, we sound we sound younger, but beyond that, I thought we sounded the same. No, you. I sound pretty much the same. You're you're. I sound. You were, what, I sound old now. Yeah, you were much more higher pitched then. I know because I was trying to talk fast to to oh. not go over twenty four minutes. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. The twenty four minute. Oh God, the twenty. <laughs> I know. This and we've said this before. The twenty-four minutes and the the, the, the almost unbelievable re- revelation about it. it must have been five or six years later. 
It may have been like in the five-year anniversary, and you said to me, you're like, oh, by the way, I guess I remember saying to you, I'm like, you know, Rob, uh, it must have been really hard to fit everything into 24 minutes because that's a very specific amount. And I'm like, you know, and then I'm thinking to myself, there's all these times where I mention stuff, and then I'm like, oh, we talked about that, right? And you're like, no. I'm like, what do you mean, no? I remember talking about this a month ago. We, we haven't talked about it yet. And you, and then finally, after stringing me along for years, on I'm, I'm thinking that I'm I'm absent-minded and I've got like Alzheimer's. Finally, you admit. Oh, by the way, yeah, there were all these extra clips I couldn't fit in the 24 minutes, so I just left them. I never used no, them. No, no, I would use them in future episodes. Oh, jeez. Basically, each episode, each episode, like this was back years ago in the early days. For a brief <laughs> period of time when we first started out, each episode was a puzzle <laughs> of different conversations from different dates that, that I cobbled together to make 24 minutes. That is absolutely <laughs> insane. Hey, it worked. Uh, barely. I, 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 that's insanity. It was insane. It would take me 12 hours to do one, <laughs> one 24 minute episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh I'd have God. to go in and edit out, you know, individual words to chop off a few seconds here and there. That is ridiculous. <laughs> That, is so that was stupid. that was how not to do a podcast. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh man, do you remember a lot? You know, speaking of these old commercials and everything. So, so we're uh, we're we're thinking about the past. I'm not saying this was from ten years ago. This was longer than ten years ago. But do you remember? You know, there's certain things that had become very, very popular in our in our culture. And when we look back, when I look back on them, I think, you know, that was actually kind of stupid. How did that become so popular? But at the time, it was this cool, funny thing or whatever, a clever thing. So celebrity deathmatch. Yeah. We've talked about that. That was a thing. That was a big I thing. Know. The the claymation, the stop motion claymation and the I know. You know, Marilyn Manson versus Marilyn Monroe, clay eh. you know, little clay figures beating each other up and it was like Yeah. It's kinda of stupid, but at the time everybody thought it was so cool. Um so here's something up your alley. I saw that the some Russian millionaire, billionaire or something. George Harrison? He's not Russian. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> yes. So uh, this Russian says that he wants to fund a, a, a space probe that would have the highest definition cameras and fly lower than ever before around the moon. Yeah. Not to do any kind of science, <laughs> okay. but it would do pseudoscience and that it would investigate for the first time ever the uh, moon landing sites. Yes. To prove that they are there. What is he? Is he doing a Kickstarter or what? I don't know. What I'll he's donate. Doing. Apparently, he's. This guy's trying to put it together, but he'll only be able to. Um, 
uh, uh, fund the actual probe. Getting the probe into space is another story. I don't know where they're getting the money to do that, but... Why? You just launch it into space. It's free. Uh, no, it's not free. <laughs> Why not? It costs like a thousand, thousands of dollars every for every pound. Why? It's a lot of money! I'm saying you have the object, launch it. No, he hasn't built it yet. No, but I'm saying once he built... You said he has the money to build it. Uh, Once he builds it, why no, can't he? No, I didn't he... say he has the money to build it. This is a blogger. So what by did the you way. say? I said he doesn't have it. Oh, I thought you said he has it. He's all right. So this guy, you said Vitali... he can build it. He can't launch it. Sure. So this guy is Vitaly Yegorov, public relations official for a Russian space startup. Okay. And. Um, yeah, so he's already raised 1.1 million rubles. So basically, seven dollars. It's about it's about eighteen thousand oh, dollars. I thought we were gonna say eighteen yeah. dollars. Yeah. Um, By the yeah, way, so his blog is called whatacountry.blogspot.com. That's Yakov Smirnoff. No. <laughs> oh. In Soviet Russia. What a country! In Soviet Russia, <laughs> space probes you. Yes! Ooh! <laughs> what a country! Uh, the King of Branson. Anyway, I think this is a waste of money because the moon, the moon landings happened! I don't know. Not a hoax! Picks or it didn't happen. Ah, wait a minute, they have pictures! <laughs> And video. <laughs> Not HD, though. No, actually it is. No, it isn't. Yeah. Not the, no, no it isn't. Not the, vi the video footage was recorded off a TV screen. Are you retarded? What are you talking about? You don't think that they had, vi they had video cameras on, in the mission. Right, but supposedly they lost all of the tapes. Oh, no. <laughs> all that's left is a video camera pointed at a TV screen recording the footage off of a TV no, screen. No, that's only, I think that's only the first one. The later missions, they actually have the uh, the video. Oh, I believe so. All right. I don't know. Not a hoax. I mean, look, uh, uh, you know the the new st the the upcoming Star Wars movie is that filmed in HD? Of course. That doesn't automatically mean that's real. You're not going to win this argument. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. um, All right. so what else? So, so so Russian space probes. Yes. And all right, so. Real quick, I, I finally was able to meet the great Billy Mitchell. Oh, T-I-E. Yes. USA. So, um, as you know, I'm also a part of the Digital Press podcast. Right. So was I. Briefly. Very briefly. You're welcome again, but you'll never be there. <laughs> I'll go no, one no. of the I'll make a special no. appearance. Nah. I need a fee. A fee? Yeah. I've been doing this for ten years. I need to 
<laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't know. One of these days, I'll. I'll uh... When there's a topic that I know something about, ugh. Think I know anything Not about new this games? Stuff. We don't talk about new games. No. No, we um, we had to stop talking about new games because the people who would talk about it would just drone on and on and on, and it was like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Who will win, Microsoft or Sony? I don't care. Right. Neither. They both stink. Anyway. So, um, Billy Mitchell was at a uh, a video game convention. Which one? A video game convention. <laughs> that was the name of it. Okay. It was in. I don't. You know, I don't do that on purpose. Yes, you do. No, I really don't actually. He's so like, oh yeah, in... yeah. He was at a video game convention. Oh, really? Which one? That, that one. was in that was in it was AVGC that was in Parsippany, New Jersey. Yeah, and it was a friend of uh, the Nava, uh, this guy Paul who uh, put it together. Did fantastic. It was really fantastic. I gotta say. Um, yeah, they had a lot of vendors. They had a lot of tons and tons of every video game system imaginable set up to play, arcade games. Yeah, you know it was excellent. Was, and, uh, was Jeff Ryan there? No. <laughs> Have you read that book yet? I'm almost done with it, yeah. Have you found that it's riddled with typos? Um, no. And inaccuracies? Not really. Because I looked it up on Amazon, and, and, and they're just slamming this thing. Well, the thing is, here's the thing. What are we talking somebody- about, by the way? Billy Mitchell. No, the book. Oh, uh... Is it like Super Mario, how Nintendo conquered America or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah, So we saw this guy, this is author, we saw him at the uh, RetroCon. Yeah. In Oaks, month. Oaks, Pennsylvania. So I picked up his book. I mean, it's a good book. Um, the thing is, like, for somebody like me who knows the video game history, it's... There's nothing new in it. Yeah. Is it too basic? No, for no. The, for the more advanced aficionado? Here's the thing. If you want to know, like, the history of Nintendo, the video game company, step by step, then then this is the book. Okay. If you already know it, then there's no reason to read the book. Gotcha. But I, I thought it was a good book. It's just, um, again, there's nothing in it that... It's not like Console Wars where... Um, Everything is made up? No. Console Wars? No. No. It's not Console Wars where uh, Blake, the author, <clears throat> uh, who I know, he um, you know, he, he put a lot of stuff in there that nobody had really ever told or written about before, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. It's not like that, so. Now, supposedly, in that console, I don't know, I just, I read this on the forums, different forums, but. How forum are you looking at? Like Neo Gaff and and whatever, but supposedly a lot of the stuff in that book was just made up just for 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 dramatic effect. Yeah, it's not true. Like the conversations that that executives had, you know, it was just all right, a, so. All right, so what? So would would Blake Blake Harris, the author, what he did was he he 
he didn't what he would quote unquote make up would essentially he would he would speak for let's say he's talking about the Sega CEO at the time, Sega of America at the time, Tom Kalinske. Right. So Tom Kalinske still tells alive. Him, yeah. So Tom Kalinske tells him about the story about su- such and such that happened. So Blake could write about that, but then he's got to, you know, he's got it's a book, so he's got to write more. So one of the things he did was he kind of would pretend almost to be Tom Kalinske. You know what I mean? Like and say, oh, right, you so know, kind of get into his. Life. Yeah, to trying to get into his like thought pattern and right. stuff like that. Right. Yes, no, I, know, peop- I know. I know. So people didn't like it. I thought that was a little bit weird. <laughs> right. But to me, it wasn't the end of the world. I no, thought it was right. still fine. I mean, you get the gist of, of right. The, uh, the, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Billy Mitchell. So we get there. There's Billy Mitchell, the king of Kong. Mullets. Yes. So I brought my King of Kong DVD. He signed it. I also picked up, there was a documentary, King of Arcades. Yeah. Which has him and um, Richie Knuckles and a bunch of other arcade people in it. Uh, and he signed it. It was very, uh, I went there with our friend Frankie and our friend Mike, also from Digital Press Podcast. Yeah. We had a great time. And we interviewed Billy Mitchell for, um, you know, and that was really cool. And, um, was he was was he very arrogant and cocky and well i mean when he's on camera you know he does all of his like one liners and little sarcastic you know uh comebacks and he's funny is he but no do- but no but but is he is he doing that on purpose getting into a character or yeah, is I mean, that that's his sort of real- his character yeah that's sort of his character but no i mean off off camera we talked to him for like 15 minutes and he was fan- he's awesome to talk to but he wasn't cocky off camera. No, no, so, no. He's he's actually very humble, very polite. So it's just a persona. Of course. All right. All right. Of course, he he admits it. <laughs> now, what's so, yeah, his that, that his sells. um? What's his alter ego? What the hot sauce? Oh, um, it's like something Ricky's or something Ricky's like that. Ricky's hot sauce. Oh. Well, that was his father's business. Oh, alright. Gotcha. So he travels around and, you know, they go to conventions and they do their, you know, sell their hot sauce and stuff. And, you know, it's fa- great to meet him. He's just a fantastic guy to talk to. What did you talk about? Well, we talked about, you know, breaking records and, and we talked about King of Kong and chasing ghosts and stuff and... You know, what he felt about that. He's not really happy with the filmmakers in e- for either of those movies. Really? Yeah, none of the guys who were in it really are. They just felt like they, you know, because they weren't documentaries. You know, that the, the, the filmmakers kind of made up a lot of stuff and, you know, Hollywooded it up. Right, yeah. Um, so I'll put a link know, to that interview. Cool. You know, he's 50 years old now. Okay. Just saying. How did he look? Looks. I mean, he doesn't look a day over 40. <laughs> 49. <laughs> you look good. Um, any insightful tidbits that he shared during your interview that, that you could just recap real quick? Or interesting <sighs> things that you didn't know about? Um, I don't really remember. <laughs> I'm a fan, uh. 
All right. Well, I thought it was all right. So put a link. That's fine. yeah. I mean, you know, again, in, in, uh, cool guy. Um, you know. Now, how did did he say anything about how he feels about Steve Weeby? Now nah, we didn't. Again, it's it's you know that movie was made up. I know, but th- does he hate him in real life? No, what's he, he doesn't care. Okay. Does Especially he, with, but does he hate the, the fact? Hold on, does he hate the fact that he got dethroned from the no, high score of Donkey Kong? Doesn't care. What here's, mean? The, here's the thing. I asked him about this. I said, because I asked him, he's like, you know, I don't really play for the records anymore. Um, he's like, I'll show up. You know, one of the things he does a lot is with him and Weeby and a lot of these guys because he said, look, when I broke the record for Donkey Kong, for instance. You know, it was this huge leap. And then Steve broke my record, and it was this huge leap in, in terms of the score. Yeah. And then I broke it back. He's like, So he's like, every time we would go back and forth, there would be this large jump. He's like, it's gotten to the point now where you have to play the game for so long, you know, sitting there, standing there. He's like, there's, it is so difficult. There's, there's such a very, very small, like increment that you can move up in terms of the score right it's like oh i i beat yeah, your score a, by uh, one point right, like, so right great like, fine you beat me by one point who cares yeah, so so what he said was you know nowadays what i'm look more looking forward to is this camaraderie that we have you know all of us the record-breaking players and going to the events you know where we'll show up and kind of play off of each other it's more of a a one-on-one type of a thing and a, like a tournament right than it is right. He said, that's really what I care about. He's, you know, I care about meeting people and, and hanging out with, with these guys and, you know, the friendships and all He's he's like, the records don't mean, doesn't mean anything to me now. Now, did he answer the very important question of when he's standing there for however, you know, 60 hours. Yeah playing Pac-Man or 60 hours playing Donkey Kong or one of these games, did he answer the question is he going to the bathroom? I mean, you know, he said there's some games where you have the ability to um, to do that. Okay. Um, like Missile Command. Right. For instance. Because he learned this I forget which game he said, maybe Centipede or something like that. He's like, one of these games I was playing and I got up to, you know, like nine 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 and it rolled over to zero and it and it ended the game. Oh. So you said to some of these games, when you get to like there's like a kill screen, so basically you have you have to lose on purpose. So it's like you build up all these extra lives right. and then you can just like leave it for a few minutes and do whatever you have to do, and you can lose because you almost have to lose so that you can keep going, you know, so the score keeps rolling, basically. Right, I got you, yeah. Something like that. But he was mentioning a game, I don't, I forget which one he was talking about. Um, I think it's in the interview where he said that you can't do that. And you basically have to stand there for however many, you know, 12, 14, whatever hours. You ba- you cannot go away from the screen. So he had to wear a diaper. Uh, I, I forget. I forget what he alluded to, but <laughs> okay, I, it's tough. My favorite, still to this day, video game documentary of any kind is Chasing Ghosts. I love that thing. 
Unfortunately, it never came out on DVD. It is on iTunes and services like that. Correct. Um, how'd you feel about that 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 film? Well, I haven't seen either film, which might shock you. Okay. I don't see any of the films that I'm in. I don't. So, so like, I'm kind of anal, and I would probably have a problem with every scene, knowing that every scene is not authentic. There is a creativity of Hollywood right. in everything we do. But the fact of the matter is, from what I know about each film, the value in Chasing goes, it is truly historical. It does follow the timeline. It does have more truth and less creativity. And uh, so in that way, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. I think uh, as I look back on it, they were looking for different angles they had. It's a plane going over. Instead, <laughs> we had a duck. It might come in low. Well, that's uh, see the see the banner going over. I guess they know we're doing an interview. Yeah. Well. So anyway, the fact of the matter is that they made an angle where they tried to take the life of everybody in 1982 and what have they become now? Yeah. What's in between in their personalities? And of course, every personality has its quirks and its silliness. And they did expose a lot of that in the film, I guess. Uh, so, again, if you laugh at something, if you can run with it, if you can have fun with it, you'll like either movie. Mm. If you're real anal or you have a problem with everything, you'll have a problem with it. Not that, not a reflection on you. No, I, I, I love that. I thought you came, you were, you came across very, very well. Well, how did the other people come across? Are you trying to make a statement here? No. Um, Chasing well, Ghosts is a very human uh, <laughs> look at some of the people uh, that they yeah. that they documented, and and some people came off not as wonderfully as you did. You, like who? Well, yeah. Well, there's the one guy sitting in a jail. <laughs> Nobody I know must be somebody you know. Yeah. No. No. Who's doing the interview here? Me or you? I'm, me. Right, back to you. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love that, and uh, I was going to ask you, you probably don't know the answer, I was going to ask why it never came on DVD, but I'm not sure what No, happened. I was told all the way back in 2007 that it would never come out on DVD for some legal technical issue that wasn't covered at the moment. Ah. Now, I was told that by the King of Kong camp, so I just disregarded it at the moment, and so all these years later, I guess they were telling me the truth because you're correct. It's been on Showtime and on other places, but it's not been available on DVD, and I guess it won't be. They had some music licensing issues, and when they put it on the other services, they replaced all of the original, uh, you know, licensed 80s music with just, like, kind of generic tunes, because obviously they didn't get clearances for those. So, oh well. Maybe what we need to do is do an interview or do a film based upon them, their character, and how they, where yes. they've come from and where they've produced, too. I can tell you some interesting stories about them and the King of Kong camp, too. Really? Yeah, so I guess we'll do that in our next interview. Well, I have seen the, uh, there's been some YouTube, you're not involved with them, but there's been some YouTube gauntlet uh, throwing, as should we say, on uh, involving King of Kong, particularly where I, I believe it was a certain Canadian uh, game high scorer who, uh, who had some accusations about the film, but... I mean, it really had nothing to do with you. It's just the way that they cut the movie, the King of Kong. They cut it in a... You know, Theatrical... In, a, yeah. in, in an entertaining way. Right, yeah. That causes emotions and people to talk about it and want to do interviews. Exactly. I'd say they're good businessmen. What do you say? Yeah, I mean... That's, I don't know what kind of human beings they are, but they're good businessmen. No, it's fine. So, they're obviously doing something better than you and me. <laughs> Clearly, since... Where are we here? <laughs> We're about three feet shy of a volleyball net. Yeah. That's where we are. Uh, 
Well, well, you have the per you had the first Pac-Man perfect score. Yes, of course. Um, that's probably I don't know what the score was, but it's probably a a lot higher than mine. I can't get past like the third level. I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> Greg's never gonna see a kill screen. Oh, it's fly. bad, very bad. Um, and obviously, uh, one thing I would ask is, is the Donkey Kong. Really, from King of Kong, that the competition to have the highest score. I'm not even sure who has it now. It keeps changing hands. Um, do you feel like you want to get back into that fight, or it's it's for the younger generation now? Well, it's mostly the older generation who's still doing it. The truth of the matter is, the scores used to climb when they right. climbed, and uh, now they've like gotten so high that. Who actually has the highest score at the moment is pretty insignificant. But the fact is the friendships that we formed and the camaraderie we have and the time we enjoyed putting together events is really what's really super cool. Me and Richie talk about that all the time. And the fact of the matter is um, the way it is positioned now where it's like March Madness, you're in brackets and you come down to who wins, who plays. It's one play, one start. Right. Yeah, that's... Any high quality player is a contender. Right. And so it's actually a lot more fun. Um, so, I, I, I don't really have, I don't really ever play, but as my kids get older, my son, the youngest one, who's now in 11th grade, as he goes off to college, theoretically that'll free up more time, and yes, I do have fun competing. So, do you have a game you're currently thinking of, you know, I, I've never gotten the world high score on this one, I'm going to set my sights on Centipede or Missile Command or something and go for that? No. <laughs> I got the world record on Centipede back in 1982. Yeah. You were almost born then. That's what he's I in the Time Life of yes. the Life magazine for. You're right. For. You're right. Centipede. That's what happens when I... All right, but the fact of the matter is usually you continue to play the same games, just you continue to fine-tune them. Yeah. Um, somewhere along the line, I'll take other games that I'm kind of good at, and then I'll try to push them to a record level simply because it's a way of promoting them or creating another competition with that title. So that, that's the truth of the matter. So, but you foresee yourself competing, at least at events, for, for quite a while. I still enjoy it. Competing for fun. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It, it brings me different places, travel. Um, we're talking about going to Australia, India, uh, a lot of places, Hong Kong, a lot of places. So it's kind of hard not to enjoy those things. You're going, you're traveling, you're traveling with friends. And I tell them that if I go, my family has to come with me. So yeah. it's definitely a win. Are you are you married? Or you got a family? So no. You have, so you have no idea what I'm talking about. Not really. No. All right, PointStevenson.com. You'll put a link. Yeah. Episode so, two hundred seventy-three. Right. So speaking of video games, uh, recently there was this failed Indiegogo campaign. This has been working. They've been working up to this for about a year. It was called the Retro Video Game System. Yeah. Were you following this at all? Uh, yeah, I was, so unfortunately. This was a complete and utter disaster. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy behind it is the guy Mike Kennedy, um, who's been known in the classic gaming world for many, many years. As a shyster. No. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 
So recently he started only, the, only recently as a shyster. Well, recently he started this retro uh, game magazine, which I've supported for two years of great magazine. I get it through the mail. Um, and you know he's he's um he's been controversial. So he decided with this other guy who's who's uh, you know one of these old school video game uh, programmers, Steve Woida. They decided that they hated the new video game consoles and their digital only content and the you know 6 hours of updates when you buy a new game and games being rendered obsolete because they took the servers down and all this stuff right which so i agree by, with i agree yeah. with those points those are by valid golly, points by golly by golly we like it we like it the old what was that <laughs> that Dana Carvey thing <laughs> i don't remember remember it was a like, that's how we did it back in my day, and we liked it. Right. So, they wanted to make a cartridge-based video game system. Right. In in the year... 2015. Yes. So, this cartridge-based system would, would not be, like, super-duper powerful, but probably run, like, indie-type games that you would see on Steam or Android or iOS. You know, that kind of thing. You know, it's not going to run Call of Duty or you know something like that. I thought they were aiming for something along the lines of Super Nintendo, Neo Geo type. Of- uh, yeah, I mean, again, it was it was up for discussion exactly what they were doing in, in that in that term. Yeah, but the main thing was that it would be cartridges. Well, actually, we have no idea what they were aiming for because they never built a prototype. They never I, finalized yeah, the specs. It was a disaster. So the first Kickstarter they did was the guy Mike got a hold of the molds that were used by this dentistry company that used the molds from the Atari Jaguar. Strike one. <laughs> So the Jaguar is one of the most ugly, the ugliest consoles I've ever seen. Well, yes. E- regardless, and they were going to use the cartridge shells from I, the Jaguar, well, which strike are horrible. Two. Yeah, strike two. Even, no end labels. Even if somebody likes the 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 Atari Jaguar game console industrial design, yeah, it was. A complete failure. Well, I know, but that's irrelevant. in the nineteen. No, it's not irrelevant because in the nineteen nineties, it was such a failure. Well, the cut, the shell of the system didn't matter. I know, but you're coming out with this fresh new product. I know this was that my is argument. Based on it's, you're you're already associating it with failure. It 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 just didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense. Right. So to go that route. So that was the first thing they were doing. So they did this Kickstarter where you could get like a translucent Jaguar shell. Ugh, big deal. So now that was strike one. And, uh, and strike two. Right. The games, so, the cartridges, yeah, the, no the end labels. Terrible. So um, then they were. Then they started talking about this. So still, still got, no prototype. Still no specs. No. So ever. then it got to. The, I know. So then they were like, "Oh, we've got all these developers interested." Blah blah blah. So one of their major releases was going to be Super Noah's Ark 3D. 
<laughs> Which was, why? An unlicensed garbage Doom clone on the Super Nintendo. Right. Anyway. Anyway, put that aside. But, but, but see, this is what the, the, just to explain for our listeners who are unfamiliar with what we're talking about. Somebody is trying to launch a new home video game console in the right. year 2015. You have the Wii U, you have the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One. Oh, I'm going to launch a new game console to go along with those. You also have Android and iOS gaming and Steam. Well, right, right. Don't forget. But I mean a home game console. I'm going to launch my own brand new home game console in the year 2015 or 2016. Mm. And the launch title is going to be this piece of garbage <laughs> game that someone made in his bedroom well, that back been in one the of early them. 1990s for the Super Nintendo that was never officially released because that's how bad it was. No, it was, hey, that that's was the launch officially title. released. Huh? That was officially released. It was unlicensed. Was, yeah, but it was a Wisdom Tree game. It was sold. That was terrible. I know it was terrible. That's your launch to in the year 2015. Well, that wasn't the... Yeah, it was one of the launch titles, so... <laughs> you know, you're not winning anybody over... Well, they had some other newer Super Noah's Arcs 3D. Too, <laughs> anyway. You see what so, I'm saying. I know. I made all these points. So, time would go by, and people were like, well, what is this thing going to do? And then they got this guy, John Carlson... Who I forget who the heck he worked for Iguana? back in the early night, huh? Iguana. Yes, Iguana. So this guy John Carlson was an engineer, and from this point on, he took the project and just went haywire. <laughs> he started talking about FPGAs, which are field programmable graphical Ar uh, arrays. Yeah, something like that. Very expensive. Everything he was talking about. Right. And then they brought this other guy in who had designed, who had written these cores, which is basically a hardware emulation for old video game systems. Well, before they did any of that, you know, the guy Ben Heck. Yeah. He said before they brought any of those people in, yeah, no, first Mike him. Kennedy contacted him yeah. and said, do you want to build a, a game console? He's like, no, just no, go away. Yeah. I'm good. So, <laughs> anyway. I mean, look, um, if something like the Ouya has failed, yeah, and that had had contemporary games on it, what are these people thinking? I don't know. Super Noah's Ark 3D? Come on! That's like, that's, that's, that's like saying, hey, um, hey, uh, we're going to come out with the Paunch Stevenson game console. It's going to release in 2016. You have the PlayStation 4, you have the Wii U, the Xbox One, and the Paunch Stevenson game console. It's yeah. going to cost $200. Well, and, that was the other thing. And, and, and the launch title, right? The, the, at launch, when you buy the game console, we will have available uh, a, a reproduction of E.T. for the Atari 2600. <laughs> People are going to be who cares? Well, that was the other thing was... Initially, they said it would cost $150. Too much. Regardless. All right, all right, all right. All right. So Be then quiet. it became, like, ridiculous feature creep. Right. And this right. guy Carlson just kept adding stuff and adding stuff to the point where 
they were finally, this thing was supposed to run these indie games. It was going to run all kinds of emulation. Right. Oh, they were going to have cartridge adapters for all these old systems. Right. You plug it right in there. Right. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Here was the thing. It was like when Homer oh. Simpson designed a car. Yeah. Here's the thing. No updates. They hated updates. Exactly. There would be right. no firmware updates on the system. No internet No updates connection. for the games. No, yeah, no internet. No internet connection. I'm like, why would you not have internet to be able to play other people? No. No, no updates to the games. No, no, no. So now, you know, who, and people were like, we don't trust these indie developers to... To, come, to release a game with no bugs on the cartridges? Right, yeah, ship a, a solid game. Oh, and then they were talking about having solid-state hard drives in every cartridge. <laughs> so it would be like the Neo Geo, where the games cost Worse. $200 each. <clears throat> so finally, the, uh, the Indiegogo comes out. They should just never have done this. The lowest value... I think the lowest-priced... Thing where you would get a system was three hundred dollars. Yeah, and then, so and then, they, and then had, they started losing money because people oh. would take back their uh, their their pledges, right? Their yeah. donations. So it went from like people were just like not paying attention. People like me were like, "This is a bad idea." Other people were like, "Oh, we love this," because you got a lot of people who are like shelf queens. What's that? Or collectards? Collectors. Tards. Tours. Like the, the, shelf, Sim the Simpsons the shelf, comic yeah, book guy. I know. The Shelf Queens want brand new games, complete in box, so they could put it up on their shelf. I, right. That's all they care about. Which is stupid, but... But that's who this stupid system was being marketed to, basically. How many of those? I know, but here's the thing. Even if I'm one of these shelf maniacs who needs to display <laughs> everything on a shelf in my living room... Yeah. Why would I want to display something as stupid and garbage as the retro VGS? I know. Well, the boxes. But, okay, so that's like saying, hey, I'm, I'm one of these shelf nuts. And look, on, on, you know, I have these whole big wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling bookshelves filled with Nintendo Entertainment System games on display and Sega Genesis games yeah. on display and Nintendo 64 and all of my LCD Tiger handheld games like that's that's garbage nobody cares about that 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 that's embarrassing you yeah as embarrassing as being one of these shelf maniacs is already to begin with you can embarrass yourself further by choosing to fill your shelves with horrendous, silly, piece-of-garbage products. Anyway, so the Indiegogo is a disaster. Of and, course. And it became... And so then the guy, Mike Kennedy, he started arguing with people. On Facebook. Yeah, bad-mouthing people. It was an utter disaster. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing radio. They were doing podcast interviews. And arguing where, with each other. They were arguing. Yeah, no, they were arguing with each other. <laughs> Like, oh, no, shut God. up. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, no, I shut up. You don't He's know. He's like, what no, 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 wait. I'll talk about this. No, 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 no. I'll talk about this. Oh. Disaster. Oh, man. It was classic. Oh, man. Retro so, VGS. Yeah. 
pretty bad. Yep. So I have a uh, I have a, mo- a quick movie review. <laughs> yeah. I-, I went to this. I they had a um. Now wait a minute. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <sighs> Just to pretend, if the retro VG, I mean it's not, but obviously it's not. It's over. But if the retro VGS were to... It might come back. If it were to come out next year, would hypothetically, would you buy one? Um, Just to pretend, would you buy one? After all this... It would... A, it would not... It would not have to use the Jaguar shells. Let's say it does. Then no. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple. Now, with all of your extreme collecting that you've Ah, done the past several do you own a jaguar no okay good i have not and you own everything and you said you won't even own everything the jag no i'm practically the jaguar i mean there are some systems that i have that i'm even considering getting um like if i could get the um there there's like a usb hard drive um mod that you could do on a 3do Okay. I might consider a 3D. Uh, don't you have a 32X? Yeah, so. It just yeah. goes to show how bad the Jaguar is that you... Uh, anyway, yeah. It's, it's just bad. But I'm just saying that the Jaguar itself, the graphics, the sound, the games, they were such garbage, I would never own the system. That's what that Exactly, that's my point. Anyhow, so all right, so I'm uh, moving on. So for listen for 2D I'm, games, for 2D games, the Jaguar was fine. It was just they tried to push it for 3D with the polygon, and it just it just wasn't. It, well, it was know. it was in reality it was a 16 bit system. It doesn't matter. The 2D the 2D graphics were fine. They, they could they should have folk. I know 3D was becoming the hot new thing, the polygons and everything, but. If they had just focused on making nobody insane, would have amazing 2D Nobody games. would have bought it. Well, because why it, would you? Because it you lacked something. the support. Why? Even if it, why would you buy? All right, <coughs> it's nineteen ninety three. Well, you would. I know you wouldn't. Why would you, you buy would. a Jaguar for 2D games when there's already a Super Nintendo and a Genesis, which had better games? I know, but my point is, hypothetically, right, this would never have happened. I understand that. I know that. But just to imagine, pretend, if the Jaguar were pushed as this 2D ultimate powerhouse, Hmm. and they got developers like Capcom and those kinds of companies on board, Sega, Capcom. Wouldn't have sold. And they released, you know, the ultimate arcade perfect version of Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Not watered down, not shrunken sprites, not what is like you know, and really pushed it. And you know, X Men versus Street Fighter, and and Marvel versus Captain, all this stuff. I could see wanting it as a collector because <laughs> it would have been this amazing two D arcade, perfect. Finally, you know, it's a powerhouse. This this crazy machine, but. They just—I don't know. They just—they didn't have the 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 support. They didn't have the the um, development support, and they pushed it. You know, like I said, polygons were the hot new thing. They kept pushing polygons, and it just—it just—I don't know. It just looked most of bad. most of the games because of the lack of. 
I guess, in certain areas, uh, a, a lack of hardware power and also a lack of development, you you put those two together and you get zero. You know, yeah. zero plus zero is zero. All so. right, can we move on? Movie review. So, um, I knew about this, this you know, the Kickstarters that they've had. So, this, this movie was the Jake the Snake uh, Roberts movie. What, called Beyond the Men. <clears throat> The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Oh, okay. That's jakethesnakemovie.com. Okay, let me go to that. So, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, former wrestler, um, he's down there in Atlanta, and he does like yo- he has some yoga thing that he does. So, Jake the Snake Roberts is, a, I mean, he's been an alcoholic, drug addict for many years. He was down and out. Yeah. And um, DDP brought him in, got him fixed up, you know, has been trying to help him. Uh, and they had some Kickstarters for Jake the Snake to help him. Uh, fans helped him get a so- shoulder surgery. And then eventually Scott Hall, who's also, a, you know, an addict and a disaster, uh, also was brought in. And they, tra- you know, helping him, uh, raising money for him. So I knew about a lot of the, what was going on with them. I'd seen their videos and stuff like that. So they put it together as a documentary, and um, they've been uh, they've been touring and they've been showing it. And so a few weeks ago, they had it at uh, this place called the Alamo Draft House up in Yonkers, New York. Okay. So the Alamo's it's a cool cool theater. Um, you go in there and basically, so when you go in this big theater, and they got nice seats, and in front of every seat is a, is a, like a countertop. So they'll come by and they order, you know, you can order food, you can order drinks, whatever. Uh, it's very cool. So um, I'd heard about this screening that they were doing and that all three guys would be there, all the three, you know, former wrestlers, and that they would do pictures and whatever afterwards. So I went, I brought a, a, a magazine for each of them to sign. Um, I was trying to find people to go. Nobody could go. And so I get there, and I'm in the front row, and I'm watching. And and it was a very, very, very moving, very powerful documentary. And then they brought them out, and they did a little Q&A, which was very nice. And uh, then afterwards, um, you know, everybody lined up, and they were charging $20 for a group photo. So I'm like, all right, fine. (laughs) So I paid the twenty. I got the group photo, and then but they weren't really signing. So I'm like, oh, how am I going to get them to sign? So I just kind of waited, and as they were breaking up at the end, I just went to each guy and got them to sign my magazine. Uh, question. So it's very cool. Question. Very, very good movie. Question. Yeah. When I go to JakeTheSnakeMovie.com, yeah, it's just a white page. With black text in the middle, and it's playing a song. Uh, well, obviously, uh, your your browser is too old. It's supposed to load something. This is the late. Uh, uh, now it finally. This is like took ten minutes. Well, this was, I don't know. And how do I get it to stop playing music? I just go to another page. This is terrible. It was a good movie. I I would definitely recommend it. So, what was it about? I just said. <laughs> what was it about? All right. 
dummy. <laughs> it's about Jake the Snake. Um, yeah. So, and then uh, one other uh, celebrity encounter I'll mention. This happened just a couple of nights ago, in fact. Mel Brooks! Uh, wait, what? Mel Brooks! He's still, uh, he's still up, up and about? 89, yeah. Wow. So, uh, they had something called the uh, live, uh, the conversation with Mel Brooks. It was at the uh, New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And so, me and uh, Lanza from the Marked Out Group, uh, we bought the VIP package, which was very expensive. And basically, uh, it was a it was a screening of Blazing Saddles, ah, which yeah. is a hilarious. I haven't seen Blazing Saddles in probably twenty years, but hilarious movie, Mel Brooks. And then they uh, they came out. Mel Brooks did a Q and A for a while, which was hilarious. And uh, then uh, we went upstairs and we got a photo with him. How was he? Ah, oh, he's great. Great. Uh, Every time somebody would go up to him, be like, "Hey, what's your name, buddy?" I'd be like, "Greg," and he'd be like, "All right, Mel and Greg. We got the Mel and Greg show. Mel and Greg." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so, but how long did you get to talk to him? Oh, you know, you just get the picture and run. That's it. And uh, so then we were hoping to get him to sign something on his way out, and so we went to the back. And uh, there was nothing there, and uh, I think that he snuck out the front. Ah, man. So didn't uh, didn't get anything signed there. That was unfortunate. Oh. What do you got before the end of this episode? Uh, I think that was it. <laughs> you didn't have anything. <laughs> yes, I did. My Jaguar rant. But that was something that I brought up. <laughs> um, I don't uh, know. It's been a slow uh, October. Uh, By the way, you know Jake the Snake Roberts is only uh, 60 years old? Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of him from when he was 41 in the 90s, 1990s. And he was only a few years older than we are now. And he, but he, he looks like twenty years older than us. Yeah. Even, even when he was forty-one, he looks like he looks so old. Yeah. Was that the alcohol? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. He's only sixty. Like he looks so old. <laughs> now, I mean, even now, he looks. Yeah. It's crazy. But he had that movie Beyond the Mat. Remember that? Yeah, but that wasn't him. That was Terry Funk. Well, him and and Terry Funk and a few other yeah. a few other people. But yeah, what does Terry Funk do? Ah, uh, he's he's like totally retired. Yeah, I would hope. Jake Roberts. His real name was Aurelian Smith. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> okay. Aurelian. What is, is that a name? I never heard of that before. A star system. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so ten, ten years, the Paunch Stevenson show. Ten years. So who do we still have to meet? Well, I'll be meeting Frank Welker and uh, Peter Collin. Ah, will you bring your recorder. Well, I am, but uh, I'm not going to... You can't talk to them. It's going to be... That's going to be like... <clears throat> you know... Conveyor belt? 
Yeah, more or less, I think. Um, can, now, all right, since I'm not attending that, can you no. do me a favor? Oh, Greg Berger's also going to be there. Ah, Grimlock. Can you do me a favor since I won't be able to go? Uh, yeah. Would you be able to bring recordings of me doing Optimus Prime uh, and Megatron and no. play them for them? Say, hey, my friend wanted uh. me to play these recordings for you and tell him, see what you think. Um, seriously? No. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, well, I do want them to do, do a bumper. That would be cool. Fighting with each other. Yeah, I just don't know if um, I don't know how willing they they're, they're going to be. I will see. I don't know. That will be cool. Yeah. Where is that again? The Rhode Island Comic Con. And when is that again? Uh, a couple of weeks. October or November. November seventh or something. Mm. Well, what's that? Nothing. Oh. Alright. Uh, Alright. The end. So wait, so sorry, right, so hold on a minute. We're still on the air. Hold on a minute. <laughs> so in all seriousness. Yeah. How long are, are these shenanigans gonna continue? With us? Another ten years? I don't I don't know. I don't know if we can stop. <laughs> Are we going to be like Frank Nora and just <laughs> This this is it now. We we have to keep it going, I guess. Uh, or no, or 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 at some point. I mean, look, once you did Eliza Dushku, you you know, her yeah. trip, you did that. You met her, went on the trip and Yeah, then... but it's not only about that though. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. But meeting all these people and having all these experiences and conventions and funny things and movies and all this kind of stuff at some point I, th I think we will have covered everything now there'll be new stuff like for instance we forgot to mention it the transformers devastation game have you played it no <laughs> Uh, well, go. All right, we're still recording. Go. I, I'm just saying. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know. <laughs> All right. My thoughts are. You haven't played it. No. No, I've watched a lot of videos of it, and I've read a lot about it. And my thoughts are. Uh, I know people get annoyed when people don't play the game and they just watch YouTube videos of it and then comment on it. And it's like, well, you never even yeah. played it. How can you, you're an idiot. You can't comment on it. And I know, I, I, I know assuming that. that's what you're about to do. Exactly. That's what I'm about to do. So I get that, but I feel like on one hand, like, like we've mentioned before, this is visually, this is the game we've been waiting for our whole lives. Yeah. Transformers G1, characters visuals that parallel the original cartoon show very nicely and the characters look amazing mm. and uh but i have to admit it, it pains me to admit this because i don't want to uh. admit it but just watching all the videos 
it just looks like kind of a generic... The actual game itself looks kind of generic to me and and repetitive. Yeah, I think it would probably get old pretty quick. And I don't know what... I mean, look, you know... But I think that's also the kind of the genre that they went for there. I know, but I'm hoping that the game is successful enough that it will warrant a sequel and that the developer will have more resources to flesh out the sequel even more. And it's like, okay, oh, that's the game. That's the one right there. The sequel is the one. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer if it were sort of like the... uh the war for Cybertron type games, you know, where it's, it's like, you know, there's a whole story mode that you're progressing through, but, or, you know, something like that. Obviously those are going to cost a lot more money, but I think the problem you run into is you, if you want that kind of a game, you're still not going to get like you, you would probably have to play like some, third you know some like new transformer because they're never going to be able to pay for frank welker or peter cullen or any of those guys to do the number of lines that are necessary for a a video game well for me i know but for me it's it's not even like this is what i struggle with and as much as you know we grew up with the, the original transformers and as much as i like it I think they just just do a car do a new cartoon. Well, that would be cool. But as much as I like, we grew up with it. As much as I like it, and as much as I want there to be this ultimate quintessential G one Transformers video game, the more I think about it, I just don't know if it if it's possible. I just given the 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 property. And you have these robots that run around and shoot each other, but they can transform into vehicles and fly around and drive around. It's like, the more I think about it, I, I don't know how you can put it into a, a really, really, really cool video game. It, it, it see on the surface, it seems like that should very easily translate into a really cool video game. But when I scratch the surface and really, really yeah. think about it, the more I realize, I don't know if that can translate into a really cool video game. I think, yeah, I mean, you'd almost have to have it as like a real-time strategy game. That would be terrible. I know, but that's what the cartoon was. I mean, it was little mini-missions that they would, you know, have to do and stuff like that. But Yeah, so I don't know. I heard Krim Zeke's in the game. (laughs) That's Yeah, that's... uh first appearance in a video game yeah all right we done who did the voices in this game are there voices in this game yes what do you mean i don't know because all the videos i watch it's the dumb player speaking over it oh i don't know i know that cullen is in it and that uh welker i know they got them they got greg berger yeah i think even michael bell well, what do you uh, think about of the game? Sideswipe is in it. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I know my thoughts are similar. I haven't played it, but that's, you know, I mean, that's what I would think. It just seems like it would get old quickly. Yeah, same here. Like I said, if they if 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 this does well enough that they can put more resources into a sequel, that's the game that I want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 
Until next time. This is The Overnightscape, online at theovernightscape.com. I am your host, Frank Edward Nora, for today, Tuesday, July 19th, 2005. And uh, good evening. Welcome to the show. And I talked about this yesterday. I would like to welcome some guests into the Overnightscape studio. The first time this has ever happened, ever here in the actual Overnightscape studio. This is amazing. The first time this has ever happened. Wow, I'm honored. This is uh, the first. It's always good to be first. Now, Rob, you've actually been on the Overnightscape before. Uh, you were on the show. Let me see if I can find this. I was going to bring this up. Back in 2003, you did a phone interview on the Overnightscape. I think, yeah, November, I think. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up right now. Hey, Rob, it's Frank. Hey, what's up? How you doing? You're, uh, you're on the Overnightscape on BluffCosm.com. How you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, but. Okay. All right. All right. It sounds a little bit better. Yeah. Wait, so, is, is this uh, live on the air right now? Yes, we're live okay. on the internet right now as we're speaking. Okay. We are being broadcast <laughs> over the internet. Wow. Okay. And, unless, and, unless you who are listening to this are listening to it afterwards on a recording, then it's not live. But. Right, right. So, what are you, what, so, so you're at work now? Yeah, I'm at work. Um, I'm here for about another hour and a half. Really? You doing anything interesting at work? <laughs> Watching Finding Nemo. Really? That's a good thing to do at work. See, that, that reminds me of my old job. We used to just watch movies, download MP3s, and have all sorts of great fun. But then I got fired. <laughs> well, the whole crew did, right? Yes, yes. Everyone got fired. Yes, Rob, Rob you actually worked with me at that place for a little while, this, uh, this book company that fired me. How dare they? <laughs> Whole department. Yeah. So you're so you're watching a movie? Were you watching DVDs or what are you watching there? Uh, yeah, DVD. Wow. We have um, I don't know. We we have like this network of of Macintosh G4s. Yeah. We uh, not OS 10. <laughs> oh, the old one. The old one. Yeah, it's, it's OS 9, and a couple of them have DVD players, but they're. I don't know. Everyone always, oh, you know, Mac, you know, it's good for graphics. They're more stable. This and that. Yeah. They're not. They're horrible. <laughs> they, they constantly crash. They're constantly freezing. Mac sucks. I, My, I agree. I, I have a, a Pentium 4. It's a 2 gigahertz computer at home. It's a Windows XP. I, I load up Photoshop 7. It loads up in maybe 15 seconds. Yeah. It, it, it's very fast. These Everyone computers. out there, don't buy a Mac. They no, suck. Do not, do not. And and these computers, it takes forever to load up Photoshop. They crash, and these stupid, idiotic little, new, fancy, sleek-looking keyboards that these Macintoshes come with are awful. Yeah. The keys are tiny. I'm constantly making typos. Just 
I, I never thought I'd think. But you know, some people think it's cool to have a Mac. That's the cool computer to have. You know, if you, if, you know, if you want to be like for the image, you know, you carry around a little Mac laptop, or you I have know. a little iBook, and you know, it makes you look cool. You know, that's the whole thing. <laughs> people think it's cool. If you want to throw away three thousand dollars on a colorful computer, <laughs> you know, hey, <laughs> go so for now, it. So now, you are now you're in New York City, right? You're around Union Square. Yeah. It's around 14th Street. It's a great area. They have a lot of great stores there. And, uh, but I like, you know what? I really like Times Square. I walk through there pretty much every day on my way home from work. Mm. And there's, there's a couple of things I saw over the past couple of days that, uh, are kind of, uh, interesting. I, first of all, I saw the Naked Cowboy performing in, oh. in, in impromptu. <laughs> are you a fan of the Naked Cowboy? This is a guy who, in like 28 degree weather with like 50, 50 mile an hour wind, is like standing out in his underwear. Like in the middle of the of like you know like the road where you cross in the middle and like this whole crowd of people are like mesmerized by this guy. He's standing there like like totally naked with a guitar. What do you think of the naked cowboy? And then I thought this guy was like just some like nobody. I'm I'm like switching channels. I see the country music awards and there he is. He's on there. Yeah. He's like famous. Yeah. It's a naked cowboy. I've, I've seen him on TV. I've never actually seen him in person. He's like right there. He's like these these people were mesmerized by this guy. He's and he's like he's like an idiot. I don't even. It, it is it. I mean, I, but I mean, like he's so. It's, you know what it is? It's like you know, like the artist that made the white painting. He just painted the, the, the painting white. Yeah. Like the first guy that did that was considered a great artist. I know. So this I guy know. is like, okay, I'm gonna be the first naked, like country singer with a like a cowboy hat. Like he's the first one. Like he's probably not that good, but like any, he's the first one to think of it. So he's like given the credit as being the first naked cowboy. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. Are you a fan of of his work at all, or? <laughs> I, I mean, I could be the first dumping drummer. Yeah, hey, that's not a bad idea. And uh, <laughs> the dumping drummer, hey, that you know, hey, you never know the way society's going. They may like that in a few years. <laughs> Maybe. And uh, the other thing I saw is that there's a there's a family living in a Nissan as a living advertisement. Oh my god! <laughs> what this kind is, of Nissan? I, I don't know. Is it Nissan Maybe or like a Sentra? A, I don't even know. It's, it's some kind of like uh, family uh, you know, SUV type vehicle. Oh, all right, yeah. And it's in the window of this like building right in the middle of Times Square. And, and they have to live in the car. It's like a whole family. It's like the mother and the father, yeah, like the, the son and the daughter. And they have to live in there for like a week. And then, you know what they win it? They just win the car at the end. <laughs> That's what they win. Their whole life is like... Nice. They're like, in, and it's like a living billboard. <laughs> How silly is that? So that's what's going on now, folks. If you don't, if you're not in New York City, that is what you're missing: the naked cowboy, <laughs> naked cowboy. and some family living in a car for a week as a living billboard. And there was another living billboard. There, there, there was a billboard that had people riding on exercise bikes a few weeks ago. They're trying to say, "Ooh, well, something about I don't know if it was uh, Advil or Nike or something." You know, these people are running. Ooh, and they had actual human beings. You know, isn't that kind of demeaning being like just a sort of a human billboard? Yeah. I mean, come, I mean, come to think of it, I actually saw there was a girl in a window in some, I f- totally forget where it was, like some fashion place, and she was just sitting there as a living billboard. Is this like a new trend? It's like, it's, it's very disturbing. It's, yeah. it's a human zoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. I mean, it, 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 but it's like, it, it's a family like, on display. Yeah. Cars. It's, it's, it's disturbing that they're like using human beings, like demeaning human beings just so they can get money and stuff. I guess they were also doing it for homeless. So anytime you do anything, you can do anything for charity, and it's justifiable, you know. Ay ay ay. SUV. I, I don't yeah. know. So what do you think about this Saddam Hussein? Saddam Hussein. Um, what do you think about this funny. guy? It, the other day, when when that newspaper came out and it had the big, like, ridiculous-looking picture of him with the beard, and, yeah, and he was all 
disheveled and retarded looking. And I had actually been growing a beard for three weeks. Really? <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> and it was getting... You were looking like Saddam. I, 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 I came to work and the guy brought in the newspaper and I, I saw that picture. I'm like, okay, I, now, I have to shave. because. <laughs> <laughs> and we've read your emails on the show. Over the over the past couple months, there's been a lot of you've sent emails and yeah. So you've been a listener to the show for a long time. And uh, Greg is your, your friend, Greg. And uh, how did you meet Greg? Um, well, we've been friends since third grade, 1986. Oh, really? So you're both from from New Jersey here. Yep. So uh, now you guys are actually you are working on and uh, doing your own podcast. We're working on it. Yeah, it's it's still a work in progress, and you know, like how you release those. Uh, sort of like beta versions of the overnight scape, just yeah. just sort of practicing, trying it out, working out the kinks. Well, that's a good idea, and we're doing the same thing. And you know, the first time we did it, it, it came out pretty good. And we did another one uh, the other week, and and it it got even better. And we just we're coming up with more ideas. So I think the next time we do it, I think it'll be ready to go, and, and we'll put up the website and everything. Now, what 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 is the show going to be called? The Punch Stevenson Show. Yep. Yeah, the Paunch Stevenson Show, and uh, so what's the meaning of this title, the Paunch Stevenson Show? Wow. <laughs> is, there, is there any meaning to it, or it was a uh, it was a name we did, just a person's name we just made up during high school for uh, it's, for a reason. It um, it's just he he's a fictional character who sort of like Monty Python, right? Yeah, yeah just exactly. Paunch Stevenson. Exactly. Just I the, believe the the original. <laughs> if we want to do something silly or or. Yeah. Just have an excuse to to be silly or whatever, you know. We can blame it on Paunch Stevenson. You know, okay. he, he's like he, he's the fall guy. Now it's and so you two guys are the star of the show. Yeah. And uh, maybe by the time you're hearing this, of course, a lot of people in the future are listening to this show. If you want to say hello to the future, there's probably people I, I in future. you know this year, 2005, maybe the you know 2009, 2015, 2016. Who knows? There's people. There are people in the future listening to this show right now. So it's so you can go to the the uh, other Porsche, go to the Punch Stevenson archive. There's probably hundreds and ep- hundreds and hundreds of episodes of the Punch <laughs> Stevenson show. You can go listen to it right now, right? If you're in the future, <laughs> or we've done something dumb and been sued. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe you've been deleted from the the world archive uh, of of the 2100s. All right, here we go. We have the Bahamas, the Commonwealth. It is a Commonwealth of the Bahamas. is an independent English speaking nation in the West Indies. So it's independent. So it's, it's its own country. Wow. And Christopher Columbus' first landfall. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. The and island of San Salvador. Wow, there you go. So that is that is the area code we're at today. So this de- this episode is dedicated to the Bahamas, definitely. <laughs> Hold on a second. All right. See, that, that's what I do on the show. I turn the music up to finish a thought. <laughs> it's kind of... So now, so what do you think of the Overnight Escape Studios here? Uh, of course, uh, last week people got their first glimpse of it in uh, the little video I, I released. So, what do you think of the studio here? You're the you're the first official visitors. I'm, we have the lava lamp going over here. I got the computers. Uh. I'm impressed. <laughs> Good setup. You got the desk. You got the two mics, the yeah. stands, the headphones. I'm I'm really impressed with it. Yeah, very cool. So, actual visitor, and we may have more visitors later in the week. The uh, I told you about this. Uh, the uh, my million dollar year Astrid Bin. Hmm. She uh, is going on a quest. A year-long quest to make a million dollars, and uh, what do you guys think of that? You think she's going to succeed in her in her quest? Um, well, I, no, <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I, she's I said, not. I, no, she's not. 
She's not. She's got a little bit of a better chance because it's Canadian million dollars. That's true. It's right only about eight hundred and something thousand dollars. But I think it's a cool idea because you know everyone is is you know you know I don't have any money. What's going on? If you actually just say, look, I'll do anything it takes. I want to make this money, right? You know, it, it it's it might work. You know, so. I think it's cool. I'm looking forward to meeting her. That should be pretty cool. Now, so uh, I was thinking that maybe you guys could uh, help me out with a, uh, a little snack review. Yeah, definitely. You know I love the snack review, so hold on one second. We'll get that set up. All right, so what we have here is going to be a snack review. We have Pop Secret Premium Popcorn. This is microwave popcorn. One step. Uh... Cheddar and white cheddar. So we have both both kinds, cheddar and white cheddar. <laughs> for, for those of you that don't like the cheddar flavor, we have the white cheddar flavor, right? Both variations. <laughs> um, this is now one step. Now, I'm not too sure about this. I don't know if you guys can help me out on this. Uh, in the past, I believe, I'm not sure, I think that microwave cheese popcorns were a multi-step process. I do believe that you would pop the popcorn, and then there would be a powder that you would put in there and shake it up. To add to the to the uh, substance yeah. to create cheese popcorn in a microwave popcorn. Now, Pop Secret, the people at what company makes this? What is the uh, Betty Crocker? Betty Crocker is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it is. So. It is. Yeah. General, yeah. General Mills. Mills. The people at General Mills have come up with an amazing new popcorn technology, which allows you to create che- microwave cheese popcorn in one step. So we have the cheddar and the white cheddar. So what we're going to do? We're going to give Carrie. If Carrie can come in and, and take the, these two boxes of popcorn, she's going to go pop the popcorn right now. And uh, bring it back, and we're gonna we're gonna try it out. So uh, hopefully that'll be good. So it's gonna be the first time that uh, get, you know guess and first uh, multi-person snack review. <laughs> Again, an honor. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any thoughts on popcorn while we're waiting, or or? Uh... Um, well, all I know is that when I go see a movie with friends or or whoever, you know, usually the people let's go in line, let's get the popcorn. And I just I can't stand it because these theaters are just charging outrageous prices for a, a little tiny thing of popcorn. Yeah, the popcorn price. Twenty five cents worth of popcorn. They're <laughs> charging five dollars. Come well, on. Well, they're saying the box office has, has been way down this year and, and the movies and uh, you know a lot of it is just the, the, the misery of going to these places. You pay like ten bucks to get in, then you buy uh, you, some popcorn and some drinks. It's like twelve fifty, fourteen fifty. You know, and then, and then you sit through a mil- all these commercials and everything. I mean, I, you know, because it what didn't used to be like this. I mean, the movies were not right. like this. It's been getting progressively worse, the experience of going to the movies, let alone the, the people that are around you in these movie theaters that no. sometimes are disruptive. I, just, I bring my own snacks. I bring a bottle of water. I'll bring some blue chips, you know, the Garden of Eden blue chips. So you, so you, chips you actually or... bring your own snacks now to the, to the movie theater. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I could buy a whole entire bag of healthy chips for like $3 and a bottle of water, and, th- and that's just cheaper than just a small soda. Yeah. It's crazy. So what, now what do you think of all the TV commercials? Because I went to the movies recently, and they have a video projector. It's not a digital movie projector. It's a, it's a high-powered video projector and then their regular movie projector. And they are just projecting TV commercials. <laughs> yeah, well, when you go into the theater, if you get there early, they have what's called, like, the 20 or, or, or something like that. Yeah, I, talk, I talked about the 20 on the show. Yeah, it's, like 20 minutes before, they'll show all these commercials and interviews and stuff. And then they'll show regular commercials. Then they'll show it's like, movie trailers. <laughs> and then, you know, don't. There's don't, many uh, levels of commercials. First, they have the regular commercials. Like, don't download bootleg movies. You know, yeah. downloading's a crime. Don't do like that's the <laughs> that, that that's the best. They're they're completely pissing you off with all these com- commercials, driving you to pirate stuff off the internet. And don't do it. Don't pirate stuff now. 
Now, have you guys, have you been going, I, I find I've been going to movies a lot less lately. Have you guys yeah. been going to movies? I used to go like every week to the movies and it's just become a hassle now. Very, very seldomly. Only if it's a must-see that I... Like, I, I haven't seen the new Star Wars yet. Um, I did see Batman, which was actually pretty good. I was a little skeptical, but my friends said, no, no, it's, it's good, it's good. I tell, so, eh, all right, if I went to see it. And, it, it, you know, it, I, I think they did a pretty good job with it. Yeah. Because I, I like the, the old Tim Burton one with Michael Keaton, and I think they did a good job. And I saw... Uh, I saw Madagascar just because I got out of work early, and I was like, all right, yeah. it's really hot out. Let me go to a movie. And uh, it was okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm a fan of animation and, like, all these computer animation movies now, and it was okay. One of some of my favorite movie-going experiences when I actually just go to the movies just to go, and I, I, and I go see a movie I know nothing about. It's very rarely happened, but that – have you ever done that? One time I went to the movies, and I saw The Usual Suspects. I had I n- never heard of it before in my life. I went in there, and it's like a classic movie, The Usual Suspects, right? Kaiser Soze, you won an Academy Award for it. Yeah, yeah. And just seeing that, not knowing anything about it, not knowing all the... Usually, you go to a movie these days, you know the story and everything, and uh, here's the popcorn, here we go. Now, this is the regular cheddar flavor, right? Yes. This is regular cheddar. This was created, just you just popped it and opened it up, right? One, one step. Here we go. We have the popcorn, and let's try it out now. This is uh, one step cheddar. Try it out. Try out this popcorn. Now, I'm interested to see what the difference is between cheddar and white cheddar. <laughs> is there such thing as white cheddar in real life? I think so. Yeah. Maybe they just like put ble- ble- bleach in it or something. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> how would you make white cheddar? Like, what? what is the... I don't even know how you make regular cheddar. But why is it orange? Like, <laughs> it's made of milk, which is white. What makes it orange? <laughs> so I'm saying... I... This is actually pretty good. Um... The coating seems to be fairly even. Yeah. There's some pieces that are partially coated. I wonder how they actually do this. It's very mysterious because you'd think you can't manu- you can't artificially make popcorn. It's it's a kernel of corn, right? You can't put stuff in it. So are they just coating it with a powder? But then when it pops, wouldn't it throw the powder off? What do you, what do you, what do you think about this? It's very impressive though. I mean, this does Maybe coated. Maybe they just spray the inside of the bag with the cheese coating or something. It could be, but I think it's, if you look at each of these, uh, if if you look at one, it is fairly evenly coated with a uh, a substance. Now, I see this very greasy on the fingers. Do you notice this? Yeah. I'm uh, wiping off my fingers after eating. There is a, this is probably how they do it. There is a, uh, an oil, some kind of a vegetable oil that your, your fingers get covered with this oil when you eat this. So normal popcorn, you don't get this kind of oil, right? No. And I'm also noticing the flavor is kind of subtle. Yeah. I'm not really tasting this big, overpowering cheese flavor. It's, it's subtle. It's there, but... I think I agree with you, because I'm, like, to me, smart food is sort of the standard in a uh, cheese popcorn snack. Smart food is actually a white cheddar uh, popcorn snack. You're familiar with uh, smart food? Um, it's, no. very, it's a standard Frito-Lay snack, and it has a much sharper, uh, much more cheesier taste. So you, I think you're right. The cheese flavor here is a bit, a bit too subtle. But usually... With the cheese popcorns, no matter what brand you buy, you you take a handful and you put it in your mouth, you eat it, and your hand is covered with this cheese dust. Yeah. This is not happening Now, here we here. go. Carrie has brought the white cheddar. Now, this may be different. Now, this actually looks like regular popcorn now. You do not see any anything on there, but let's see if it is a similar taste. Try this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a cheesier smell also from this. This looks like regular popcorn, but 
It's just more buttery. More no, buttery. Pretty much the same taste. There's definitely more of a taste. You get more of a, of a cheese taste on here? There is. This is the white cheddar. This is more like if you want to eat cheese popcorn and not have people know you're eating it. It looks like regular popcorn. It's sort of the... This is the stealth cheese this popcorn. This tastes better. Yeah, this is better. Maybe not even... Is this as greasy? I, I can't even tell. My fingers are all greasy here. No, it's so not. Far. It's not as greasy. So maybe the white cheddar is the winner here. <laughs> white cheddar and regular cheddar. This is good, actually. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. This is very interesting. It's, it's Sometimes you have a product where it's just one product, two different variations, and one is good and one is really bad. I admit, usually I don't like the cheese popcorn. Yeah. This white cheddar one is actually good. Now, what do you think, Greg? Do you have any uh, thoughts on the uh, the flavors of these two popcorns? I think they're okay by themselves. However, if you're going to eat them with a drink, yeah, I don't think they're going to be any good. I don't think they'll mesh with your uh, your drink as well. Like normal popcorn. Normal popcorn's good to have like, yeah. an iced tea or soda or something with. I don't think these are going to mesh too well. I think you might be right. I'm trying to think how this would, this would be with various beverages. But I do think the white cheddar is definitely the winner yeah. between the two. Again, the flavor um, is subtle, but but it's it's more. You know, it's yeah. There's more. It looks more normal. The, I mean, just from the aesthetic standpoint, the the white cheddar looks more like regular popcorn, and then you sort of get this added bonus, this this added um, surprise. Oh, there's cheese flavor in there. Yeah, it's like a little. Whereas, kick. the deep orange color of 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 the uh, of the cheddar popcorn gives you a sense. Oh, it's going to be very cheddary, very cheesy, and at the same time, there's not as much of a payoff. Because, you know, when you're eating snack foods, it's the look of it as much as the taste of it that really is important. But I am, I am impressed by the fact that no cheese dust is getting on my fingers. That, yeah, Oil, I, I, but not dust. Yeah, a lot of times you're right. You get to, I think the, the previous multi-step uh, microwave popcorn, cheese microwave popcorns, probably had that powder that you would shake in there. Yeah. And, or, uh, you know, even if you eat cheese doodles or, or uh, Cheetos or whatever, you get that dust all over your mouth and all over your hands. Oh, hand. yeah, I hate yeah. that. I hate those fake cheese snacks. They don't have any, usually when a product like this, they'll have some writing, like, try our great new product. But they don't really have anything on here, that, right? Is there, is there anything that says, get ready for a great cheese taste? There's nothing on here. It just... Well, it says, it pops up cheesy. Okay, there you go. Pops up cheesy. <laughs> and they have a nice little picture of uh, sort of a rustic cheese tray with some uh, rough-hewn rough -hewn cheese. So, yeah, so you don't have to add the cheese. It just pops up cheesy. Automatically, you get ten Betty Crocker catalog points and ten cents for oh. education. Oh, so it is Betty. It's general food, but it's Betty, Betty Crocker. You get the uh, you get ten points. <laughs> like, what is that <laughs> worth? Like, what? <laughs> what can you get? Like a spatula or something? Like, what are you going to get with these ten points? 